and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter at Block Talk NYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. We're back to 13 queens for one week only. The eliminated queens shocked the remaining queens as they had a chance to re-enter the competition. So whose laugh riot gave them a second chance? We're about to talk all things Drag Race España 3. And joining me is a funny lady and the reina of Astoria, Rita Coulomb. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, do, you, do you have a crown to be the official queen of Astoria yet? Um, I mean, I'm still Lady Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a crown for being first runner-up in Love With Thy Lipstick. Um, and then I won Night of a Thousand Celines. And I'm going to be probably doing some more pageants later on this year. Nice, as you should. You're fabulous. Thank you. All right. I have some drag news of the week. I don't know if you saw it yet, but the cast of Drag Race France Season 2 has dropped. I did see it's a little here. bit of that. Um. I haven't seen anything about it. I haven't read anything about it. I know there is a duo who will be on the show. Um, I do not believe they're competing as a duo, but they are known as a duo. Um, but the one thing that was striking, everyone's skinny. Yes. There's not a plus size person on that cast. Nikki Doll, what'd you do? I mean, some of these franchise shows are, the casting is questionable when it comes to inclusivity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard rumors about that season. Apparently they wanted to have a drag king, but RuPaul said, no, me first. And did RuPaul cast someone for season 16? No. So there's that. Anyway, let's begin. Pronunciations, I apologize. I'm trying my best. I'm getting better. Um, Now with Drag Race Mexico, I should probably just get Duolingo and get better, shouldn't I? Rosetta Stone. There it is. As always, I must leave... A disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown with the editing of a television show once to see we react to what's He has the real putting the opportunity to go on television show the cast, but they have also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on the podcast is for entertainment to discuss reality television show. All right, seven episodes, a couple more to go. How are you feeling about this season? Um, it's entertaining. Um, I will say I feel like uh clover clover beach and visa did not get their roses and i'm mm-hmm. kind of disappointed with that i think other queens are getting a pass because they're well known in the community and they they just have an affinity towards them i agree i agree and we're going to talk a lot about those two um a lot this episode but let's get into it mexico is no longer in the house visa out clover is going to miss her presence because she won't be hearing fucking as much she'll miss her and her humor um you know visa she did a gig with you does she say fucking a lot no she's actually really really sweet um it's great to connect with someone that understands what it is to be longing of your hometown and feel like you don't feel represented and heard in in your in whatever state you're in um and i also met their partner and their partner was really sweet 
That's In fact, sweet. they brought that. candies. You know the <laughs> reference of the previous uh-huh. episode? That he, I was just like, oh, the boyfriend brought Mexican candies to the gig and gave it to all of us. I thought that was so sweet. That's amazing. Well, Visa did promise a Latin American tour in her mirror message. I wonder if she followed through. I mean, she, New York's not Latin America, but that's a tour stop for someone. Well, she had already done a few gigs uh, in Mexico, and I feel like she just posted something. Let me just make sure. Well, Clover says it was hard to lip sync against Visa, but thinks they both put on a good show. Now, Petita, she's not too sad to lose Visa after what was said to her. After wiping away the message, suddenly the lights change and the eliminated queens appear behind the two-way mirror a la All-Stars 2. What we didn't get this time around was anyone destroying their game as the queens were watching. Um, I really, really wish production forced Petita to talk about Visa while Visa was behind there. I agree because Petita has been saying a lot in the confessionals and not enough in the Mm -hmm. face-to-face. The six deceased have appeared. What could they want? Well, they're all about to walk back in the workroom in the looks they were limited in, which is cruel. That was cruel. Yeah, they should have let them order what look that they weren't going to be able to wear in the competition. Um, especially Chanel having to wear that thing she made. Like, that was mean. <laughs> yeah, that's <so> true. <laughs> now, Pink Chanel does not find this funny and we'll know exactly why later, but we'll get to it. The revenge begins now. Now, before getting to what happens next, what did you think of this moment? Was it shocking or is this expected for a third season of a franchise? Um, I didn't expect it to happen this, this soon, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because they've used two things when it came to returning contestant tropes, um, both from All-Star seasons, but we had the mirror moment from All-Stars 2. We had the uh, don't leave yet because we video message from Supreme from All-Star 6. Um, it was, it's time to maybe do something different. We don't need to rely on the main show for our gimmicks and, and twists. Yeah, no. Freshen it up. Give it a facelift. I'm here for it. Well, it's a new day in the workroom. The Eliminated Queens will sneak in as they have been released as the remaining queens will walk in behind them. And yes, essentially, it is day one all over again. The remaining queens, of course, will say that they miss them all. But deep down, they're like, why won't you die, bitches? Drag Chuchi is already eager to hear what happened while she was gone. And Pink Shadora says that Honella won everything, which I guess was a bit of a dig. Um, Pink Shadora really loves to make people um, uncomfortable, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she's, uh, there's a saying in Spanish, sin pelos en la lengua, like you have no hairs on your tongue. So you just say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That, that checks out. Um, she also talks very, 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 very fast. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps other things were said, but we're going to get right into it. As Visa says, there is unfinished business. Time for the catty things. Now, Visa says she left kindly, but she's got more. So we will have a fight this early in the morning? Well, yeah, because Visa will share that the last episode when she left, she was saying things to Petita, for example. Snatch game, when she believed she was saved and not put in the bottom because of the, she, she lip-synced, she would have been wiped the floor of. Those are fighting words, aren't they? I love it. I'm here for the drama. I'm here for, for being a little bit. I think Visa said, you know what? At this point, I see what production is doing. I see what kind of fuckery is going on. So with that said, I'm just going to stir the pot and fuck with other people's games. And I I love it. 
Now, of course, in confessional, Petita says that she has no unfinished business. It's all peachy keen in her, her orbit. She thinks that Visa was nervous and looked out of her mind on her last day. Petita sent a message to the universe, don't mess with me or you're going home. And cue that projection later on. Now, Visa will say that it's not personal and says it straight to Petita's face that it's not against her or she would have stayed or she wouldn't have stayed all night working on her dress. Look at this. Another series. We have another off camera moment coming on screen. And Petita's like, you helped me. So she's flabbergasted. She has no idea what she's talking about. But as Hornella puts it, it's like watching a tennis match. She's enjoying this massacre. Mm-hmm. Petita will be encouraged to retort and says that as far as she knows and her memory may be a little affected she doesn't think Visa helped her sew any dress she does. She says she doesn't make things up and gets into this dismissive manner where she says that being imaginative is a very nice place to be but let's not leave Earth now Pink Shador in confessional um, will say she was there when Visa helped Petita because she was helping too okay interesting and of course the production's like we have to save this for later because we have other things to film because the alarm blares and the drama is not even close to being done right it's a very interesting character arc we're getting from petita and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on um she's not a villain but she's definitely an antagonist absolutely it's very interesting to see that especially from a front runner yeah, I mean, she's a front runner. She's very liked. Um, I don't particularly care for her, but I, I can she, see it. She's not welcoming in a way. She's 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 got a barrier up. She's a little cold. There's yeah. There's a little bit of like she's a little stuck up about her her talents. There's not a lot of humility there. Yeah, we got our message from Supreme teasing that it's better to be alone than in bad company and she arrives as sunny as the sky in that bright yellow suit would you wear that no i'm good <laughs> no you're good you're fine <laughs> yeah oh no so that's that the prem wires is questionable that's fair now after being arriving it's like we got a little twist going we're going to run down the prize package and dive into the twist as Supreme tells the seven remaining queens that the six eliminated queens have come to take their places. It is time for a second chance episode. This week's maxi challenge is called Comedy Queens, where the seven queens will have to write and perform a humorous text, but not as a monologue. No, 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 but as a comic duo. Meanwhile, Chuchi is like me doing comedy. Where is the door? I got to go. <laughs> I mean, come on. You just got to wing it. Go for it. They will all pair up with an eliminated queen and they will then decide at the end of the show who will win a couple. The contestant of the winning couple will get 2,500 euros and the eliminated queen in the pair will become the first returning queen in Drag Race España. And by first returning queen, she means like from a challenge, not like the Macarena coming back into a new season to compete because I feel like Supreme forgot that fact. I mean, maybe she forgot she was there, period. It's possible. <laughs> Now, the bigger twist. There will be three in the bottom facing elimination, and only one will stay. I have to say, this was a bit bold in my opinion, especially this late in the competition. There's really no weak link, so it was going to be two queens who were doing well that were about to be eliminated. Oh, yeah, but I'm here for it. Like, let's, let's speed this up. Like, If you're yeah. going to bring all of them back, might as well take two out and put one back in. That's fair. If I were producing... I think the stronger twist 
to really allow the eliminated queen to earn their spot because i do have some opinions on the winning result they should have been with the two bottom queens and the third spot would have been the winning queen who has to fight in the lip sync to return beat them both you earn your spot to come back that's a very good point i love that idea i don't know maybe maybe i should be producing drag race next drag race apply queen island um are you a fan of a returning queen twist in general um in this case yes because i was rooting for visa i wanted visa to get back in the competition that's fair now it's time for the eliminated queens to pick a partner and i was like gag but also the fact that they went from last eliminated to first eliminated was very very unfair um poor maria yeah she looks like she doesn't get any break poor thing no um, I kind of wish it was done at random, but I, I guess they wanted them to have a little more control of their destiny. So Visa's going to get her pick of anyone and has decided to work with Petita. I was shocked. The bitch said, revenge I shall get. She wants to get inside her head for sure, and Suprema will ask her why she picked Petita, and Visa will be a total boss-ass bitch and not only shade Petita, but shade Suprem and say that she won many at comedy challenge and she wants to learn. I love it. Honestly, yes. Be messy. Um, This was the moment Visa knew her time on Drag Race España was over and she hoped her friends in Mexico would call her for a guest judge judge spot because this was an iconic moment. Yeah. Um, Petita thinks this is all for TV since Visa loves her telenovelas. Are you a big telenovela watcher? Um, All the old school ones. I I can't keep up with all the new ones. Um, if Frida was a character on a telenovela, what would her character be? Uh, she would definitely be the leading lady mm-hmm. with a love interest that starts from a poor family. And then all of a sudden she finds a rich husband. But then the sister is evil and is trying to kill her. Privilege? Yes, actually, she would be the villain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Macarena is going to select Pink Shadora because she thinks they can make a good comedic duo and be very, very funny. She follows it with she can help her with her makeup and the daggers are already stabbing. Um, smart choice, but let's be real. They both know that their egos are not going to mesh. No. no They've had neither. issues earlier in the season, so I don't know why she picked her. Me neither. Kelly Roller will go with Vanya because they are both old school. And I'm not going to lie. Kelly was very invincible this episode, despite knowing what's going to happen in the end. I guess uh, production said, well, we're going to have much more time with her with two bitches gone. So let's not discuss why this challenge was rigged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rigor Morris. Chanel says it's so hard because all of her offerings have an ex- Expiration date upcoming. Uh, Dark Chanel has re-entered the chat. Um, also, still very hot. Yeah, one of the trades of the season. So pretty. Uh, I just want one night with her. I don't. I don't need a relationship. Just one night. Uh, ask what the bricking fee is. I will. I will. Uh, <laughs> she's gonna take Cornella because the others are mad. Drag Chuchi will go with Bestia, who does not want her. She is already ready to sign the resignation letter. She does not see the light at the end of the tunnel. So why did Chuchi pick her? We don't know because the show does not care about her opinion. Next, 
It's Maria Adelia. The first out will select from Paquita and Clover, and it is Paquita. And immediately Clover is like, this is a demonstration of the misogyny that exists. She trails off and says, but yeah, I understand because I'm really not that fun. Um, there's truth in every joke. Um, they all let the women alone. They all let her be alone. Shady. Shady, because I, I so love shady. Clover. I love her too. Well, Clover and her bucket hat will learn that she is the MC of the show. That means she has the great advantage because if she not only wins, she gets $2,500 euros, but she will get to select who gets to come back. And in this moment, I said, every producer is screaming in their earpiece, do not let her win. She will pick Visa. Mm -hmm. You knew she was going to, and they were not going to bring Visa back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Clover was a victim of yet another robbery this week. Yep. I like to file a report. Mm-hmm. Who would you have selected to be your comedy challenge partner of the remaining queens? Of the remaining queens, who would I have selected? Let me see. Let me pull through. I think I would have chosen not Petit. I don't like her. I mean, Clover Bish, I think I don't, I think Clover Bish would be my favorite. Um, just, just because I like I think it's always easier to work with someone when you actually appreciate them and like them and you Absolutely. are more flexible with ideas. Absolutely. Now, before we get to writing, Supreme shares the guest judge of the week is Eva Serrano. Are you familiar with her work? Nope. I don't know. Who, I don't know who that lady is. Me either, but she seemed fun. Can I say though, when they, when I saw that teaser a couple of weeks ago uh, for the guest judge, uh, I thought it was Penelope Cruz. And it's her sister. Yeah. And it's a Penelope's son. But I mean, her sister's just as like well known too. But it's true. I think in the States, Penelope's more known. Um, they they were like, we were gonna get Penelope, and they're like, ah, oh, she's busy. Monica, let's do it. And she's like, I got nothing right. to do. Right. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so you're right. They they are very, very identical as sisters. They look so similar. Um, not a bad thing because they're both gorgeous. Exactly. And both very successful. Absolutely. All right. The girls will give each other hugs and all the niceties, but Visa will get the confessional saying she knows people will think that she's going to grab Petita by the hair and sabotage her. But that's not the case. No, no. She says it's the opposite as she wants to solve things with her. But if they do have to lip sync against each other, she'll be more than happy to grab her by the hair. I'm sure there's some queens in your queendom that you would love to grab by the hair and lip sync. Yeah. We don't have to I'm say kidding. names. But... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's kick things off with petita and visa and petita is just going to ask why me well visa says that she wants to learn of the magic she has that the public and the jury like she says she also wants to support her the best she can not sure i believe that part but i did believe her when she said it would be the best chance for them to talk and that's what they're going to do petita is clearly not a confrontational person visa is a fire queen so when petita is like i had no topic to talk about with you you could tell visa was like i am going to throw you a bone but we are going to have a real discussion petita will lament about the things visa visa said about her being in the bottom and rather than address the element visa dives into the lack of acknowledgement of her help now petita will be like yes night one you helped me but it was so long ago i forgot about it and when you had that little tiny shady sound effect play in the background you knew this chat was not going to end well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she swears like it's actually an episode film a week by week. No, you're doing two to three episodes a week, girl. It was not long time ago. Exactly. 
Petita will completely diminish any assistance that Visa gave her, which pisses Visa off. Now, Petita will speak her mind about how she came in there calm until Visa started throwing accusations at her and says that she does, in fact, do ha- does do a good lip sync as her audiences know it and it's why she's won several contests she tells visa that she doesn't think it's fair to comment about someone's skills when you don't know them and visa is ready to grab her by the hair and shake her shake her shake her visa is not going to let her have this one as she tells her it's not fair to tell someone not to comment on someone's skills when you yourself have strong opinions on other people so of course patitha thinks it's hard to not comment on people's clothing because she thinks she's the expert on it. It's her job. Okay, so perhaps she's living in her own world? Yeah, a little bit of uh, drag delusion. Um, it's really striking because there are definitely people in our lives that are petita, where they don't think they're doing anything wrong, but everything they do is socially wrong. Mm-hmm. How would you be able to do a competition with someone like that? Uh, you know what? I would keep my distance. I said eventually their faults are going to go ahead and come to light and they're going to be their own worst enemy. Exactly. All right. So, of course, Petita thinks it's hard to not comment on people's clothing because now she thinks she's the expert on it. Visa will tell her that she doesn't know the difference between the constructive criticism and when she's making a hurtful comment and getting into someone's head. She will say that she's not the only one who has this opinion. And again, rather than address the accusation, Petita will call what Visa is saying childish. Was any of this productive? Was this all just good television? I mean, I'm glad at least Visa got to say her piece um, and and get somewhat of an acknowledgement, even though she still didn't like value her as a contestant or what she brings on offers to the table. Yeah. So I think that there is at least something to be said about, hey, Visa's right. Absolutely. Now they're gonna use their history to their advantage for the challenge. They won't be killing each other, but using it as their material. They have things they wanna to say to each other and they're going to use it. Um, interesting strategy for a comedy challenge. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it's a sabotage type of thing. Yeah, let's visit our friends Bethy and Drag Chuchi. It's time to see if a canary girl can be funny. Um, Bessia has the idea of an agency where they each are trying to sell their hometown. Drag Chuchi says that she picked Bessia because she's a hardworking drag and they have a similar sense of humor. And I was like, Drag Chuchi has a sense of humor? Right. <laughs> now, while all the girls are trying to come up with sets, Miss Clover is a pig and shit as she gets to wander and find out what the other girls are planning so she can work on her material. But really, if I were her, I would be taking that information, spreading it to the other teams and making them all fight because we love drama in this house. Yes, spread the rumors and make them fuck up everybody. Clover will use her MC time as a rose, so she will use the gossip from her sisters to her advantage. Uh, remember the Supreme walkthroughs? This is her day now as Clover is getting to do all the walkthroughs. Um, kind of fun. I love it. I'm a, I mean, I'm a Clover stand, so. Yeah. So you'll ask them how they think they'll do as a pair, and they say nobody expects them to be comedy queens. And she's like, yeah, true. She's already starting. She's really getting the jokes in. But Clover thinks they have an intellectual humor and it can either be awesome or the worst. Now, Clover is feeling scared. In her show, she's on mic, but it's different as there is no audience to play off of. 
Also, it's not a one and done. She has to go out each time and there's no doing her thing and sitting and calming and watching. She has to be stressing constantly. Would you rather do this challenge solo or be in quote bad company? I would rather be solo because there's a saying, a saying in Spanish, mejor sola que mal acompañada. It's better to be alone than to be, be in bad company. Um, and I think, frankly, like, I'm pretty good at hosting and I can volley off of other people. And um, I would have done the same thing that, that Corvish did. Like, pick Absolutely. up on, on, on little jokes from everyone else's act. Now, now, she did note that not having an audience was a little bit different for her because she's used to having an audience to play off of. How would you be able to work a essentially silent room to your advantage? Um, yeah, well, you still have the judges. Mm-hmm. And so just don't be intimidated for, by, by the lack of numbers, because yeah. I think in my experience, whether you're entertaining five people or 500 people, like there's still something to be said about how you you command attention in a room. Absolutely. Um, I want to pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, and I mean, some people know that you might have a project coming up um, where you might have been um, around cameras. Um, let, let's say that you are Clover and you're telling these funny jokes. Are the production people allowed to laugh? Because some of our shit was very funny. I, it happens. Like, there's mom- I, there was moments, there was one scene that I filmed where I what, didn't mean to be funny, um, but it turned out to be hilarious to the point that we had to stop filming because everyone was cracking up. <laughs> so it happens. Like, there's, a, there's people behind the camera. There's not, we don't have yeah. AI camera people yet. No, don't put that in the universe. No, 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 no. Oh God. Just just wait for our first AI drag queen. Oh my God. AI drag race. Oh God, that's terrifying. Oh no, no, no. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's visit the comedy stylings of Pink Shadora and the Macarena. Pink Shadora says that they should use their time to use their view and redirect their comedy onto the others. She will use a joke about the Macarena and Carmen for all the skin tone, and you get the eye roll. Um, she will admit that it was an example of a bad joke, but uh, what happened to Macarena? Why is she so dark? Um, I mean, maybe she's just tanning a lot, but um, you know, I I was a stand for Macarena in the beginning. Like I wanted justice for Macarena, but yeah. I just felt like there was just this whole like mm, downhill battle. Yeah, I agree. Pink Shadora knows it's easy for them to talk shit about each other so they don't have to leave their comfort zone. So they are going to start by writing positive and negative things about each other. And the Macarena is like, you have positive things, question mark? And Pink Shadora is like, yes, like I have 5,000 euros in the bank. Okay. will notice that there are sparks flying from Pink Shadora and the Macarena. It is a ticking time bomb. Now, speaking of Vanella, let's visit her and Chanel. And they're worried that the folks at home will laugh at them and not with them. Chanel thinks Cornella is resigned to the fate that she was given comparing it to getting pajamas for Christmas. Uh, future lovers, if you give me pajamas as a gift, they better come with a happy ending. Oh, Melanta. Oh, for future lovers. Yeah, future lovers. Future lovers. I'm like, I thought, I'm like, I always get pajamas from, from my family members over the holidays. I'm like, happy endings. <laughs> no. Um, Clover is going to join them to see how they're doing. And Hornella is like, well, you give us a cue and we'll mess with you. They're going with the classic trope of being the dumb clown and the smart clown. It can't fail. But Clover asks, who's the smart clown? And it's Chanel because she's also just stupid and evil. 
Clover is confused as to why they're going to be actual clowns, but Hornella says it's the implied clown, not dressed as clowns. And that prompts Clover to have material for her to set as she will see them no matter what, looking like clowns. Um, I mean, it's fair. Drag queens are clowns. Yeah. That's true. Who wears more makeup, clowns or drag queens? Depending on which makeup and which queen you're talking about. (laughs) That's fair. She thinks they are not a good fit and they are oil and water. So she has no idea how this is going to turn out. Now, since there are limited solo spaces in the workroom, we're going to see Vanya and Kelly relegated to the stairs to work on their material. Uh, they are happy and also very horny. Uh, Vanya really wanted Kelly's fingers inside of her. Including and then the- she's like, I think I've had penises smaller than your fingers. What? Oh my god. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, very awkward. Uh, they're both pigs and have the same mental defects, so they're a good pairing. Dirty, dirty girls. They acknowledge that they are the sluttiest of the season and will use that to their advantage. They will use old school humor as a way to pay tribute to the old fashioned drag humor. They will not mess around with anyone as they just are going to be filthy as to not offend anyone. But let's be honest, dirty humor can be the most offensive, but hey, people like it. What was your take on their theory of how to approach this challenge? Because for me, watching it the first go around, it's like, this doesn't seem like it's going to work for what we know Drag Race to be. Yeah, I think um, it was some of the ideas were just too risky or um, I don't know. It was just it was not giving. Vania, I see as like an old school drag artist. I don't necessarily see Kelly as the same kind of drag artist. No, I mean, I think maybe she just grew up around that environment. Maybe yeah. that's why. Because uh, I've been following Kelly for a very, 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 very long time. I was like, I want her in season one. I want her in season two. And then she comes for season three. It's like, finally. And then she does what she does, but that's okay. She's yeah. back. All right, let's visit Maria and Paquita, who asks why she chose her. And quickly, Maria is like, there was no one left. See, Maria's funny. Also, that's mean to Clover. I know, that's what I thought. I'm like, shady bitch. Maria believes that Paquita has a natural grace and is the best opportunity to get back. She thinks they're both funny and have to focus to make the most of it. But Paquita tells her that Maria is funny and they miss a lot. So they have to go back in time. Paquita thinks it will be a scandal if Maria comes back, but it also means 2,500 euros in her pocket, so she's fine with the scandal anyway. Mm. The cock doodles as the girls are getting into face. There is no walking into the workroom, so me thinks it was the same day and they all just had a change of clothes. Is it possible? No, it's just production, doing a, doing a little production thing again. All right. As they get ready, the Macarena says that she works better without pressure. And Pink Shador has noticed that the tension is in the air. She will note that her partner is feeling the pressure. And if she got into a conflict with Petita in this moment, it's been where she was tense too. And here we are starting the day with a dig at Petita. Petita will tell Pink Shador that it happened once and she's making an issue out of nothing, which gets Pink Shador going. She tells her, don't pull her tongue or you'll get what you want. She's pissed off. Um, we really went from zero to 60 with Pink Shadora in this moment. She got very angry very fast. Which I wasn't expecting. Pink Shadora will bring up a conversation pre-snatch game about getting into people's heads and thinks she keeps on doing it and doing it to other people. She's very heated here. 
She says they have to hold her to what and tell her what her problem is. She just doesn't listen or seem to care. She just wants her to shut up. Now, Petita will say that she has, I don't know what she means here exactly, but Jinx Monsoon face. As everyone says that she's horrible behind her back, but no one says anything to her. Um, what does it mean to have Jinx Monsoon face? Is it just like the persona of it, the, the same story arc? I guess, but I was just like, what, like she's falling asleep? Apparently. <laughs> now we have Visa chiming in to tell Petita that she just doesn't realize what she's doing. And then Shadora tells her she does it unconsciously. Petita will ask why no one tells her, but they are. And once again, they are telling her to her face. Now the Macarena will tell her that she doesn't think she's a bad person or have bad intentions, but she gives advice in a way that gets in people's heads. She knows that Petita has gone to every person and joyfully tells them, oops, it sucks. Let's see how it goes. Petita wants those people she's done it to to come and tell her, but Pink Shadora tells her she just keeps doing it as it's something she does she just messes with people's heads. Pink Shadora doesn't have an interceptor, but an outer one named Petita. I'm <laughs> I'm always happy when the queens lean into the interceptor as a joke or a punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Now Petita will tell the table that she's heard these things before, and Pink Shadora is like, You don't think that's strange? As the Macarena says in confessional, if you've had this problem before, you have to sit down and think, maybe. I'm not doing things right. What is she not getting? Macarena or Petita? Petita. She's living in her French vanilla fantasy. It's drag delusion. Because it sounds like, again, like this is something she heard pre-show from other people. So it's not like it happened in the pressure cooker of drag race. Correct. Petita feels like... She's usually misunderstood. She thinks everyone there is talented and feels she hasn't attacked anyone to get ahead. She thanks God her work speaks for itself. And that I believe is part of the problem. It's the way she exposes her confidence. She expects good results because of who she is. She just can't see others insecurities as she doesn't have those same insecurities in the same space. So she can't relate to anybody in that room. Yeah. And she can't praise everyone and, and someone else for what they bring to the table. Now, I personally think some of her victories this season have been questionable. I agree. Do you think her victories are also part of why people are upset? Because while it's not her fault she won, it's the judges. Do the judges have the right opinions or are they also trying to make good television? I think it's um trying to get good TV to be honest with you. I do too. I think they they knew that Petita is the one that is going to cause the biggest problems in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Petita says she feels bad as nothing has been said to her or she has shown herself to be a person they can't talk to. She says she's a person you can feel comfortable around. And again, this proves she's not listening to other people's voices because they're literally saying you're not easy to talk to. Is this the first time we've had a clear front runner for the crown have such a negative edit? Um, again, she's not the villain but her sisters are not giving her the admiration that we saw, say, like Carmen and Sharon get at this point in the competition. Yeah. 
are we losing something in the edit or are we missing something um or maybe that or maybe there's gonna be a twist where she doesn't like there's gonna be a downfall i hope so because um she's not a very likable winner if she wins i don't want her to win (laughs) yeah let's head to the main stage Uh, supreme arrives in a punk rocker dress and mullet uh it's 80s hair metal night in the room uh, our panel, we got unlocking in hair metal drag with a mohawk. The Javis are back in black. And once again, our guest judge, Eva Soriano, did not get the memo and is in florals. So there's mm-hmm. that. All right, we're going to go through the comedy duets and then hit the catwalk for our runway. Clover is going to kick off the night and say that she is known for showing off her tits during her lip syncs and that her mates have found out that she's a woman and thus decided to exclude her from the challenge. She would have loved to make pussy and lesbian jokes, but she's afraid that they'll just talk of saunas, poppers, penises, and pimps. Uh, Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) I think she kicked it off instead of the tone in in a fabulous way. Absolutely. Like again, just the timing. And and this is obviously one of the parts where, um, I guess we can, in the words of Sugar and Spice, call it canned bits because she had it prepared. Mm-hmm. But it, the way she addressed it and, and delivered it with ease, it felt like it was off the tongue. I agree. She gives the floor to the one and half of drag. It's Maria, Adelia, and Paquita. Uh, we're going to begin with Maria giving a bizarro world fantasy as she sings something strange about being pregnant in the dunes. And then Paquita comes out from under her dress saying she's more dramatic than Visa at the altar. Maria will then use the music of the circle of life while singing Macedonia, which also was kind of funny. Not going to lie. That, that, that was pretty funny. Crowd was lost. What in the fuck is going on here on this day? Yeah. And then we get naked Paquita and the plot was lost. Yeah. And it sucks because she did really great in that one like challenge where she was like that that character in the apartment. Yeah. Maria was really the focus of this entire scene. She knows how to take focus, and Bakita literally is just the prop that's gonna literally be sucking on Maria's teeth. Um, I don't think anyone in the room was understanding the humor of Dune Girl. Overall, no bueno, but I, I kind of wonder if this was Paquita being like, Maria, I want you to come back, and I know you're better at comedy, so you take the lead. And Maria doing her own thing was Paquita's downfall. Yeah, I agree. Clover is back referencing the hobbies who can't imagine a world without their Paquita, but she's afraid after this monologue they'll have to. Next up, on one hand, they have Bessie, a multidisciplinary artist. She sings, dances, plays piano, the saxophone, the accordion, and her partner, Chuchi period perfect humor that's yeah. how you do it yeah they begin as they are there to tell them of the dream destination for drag queens first we have Legolas, where they have a wonderful false nail service created with the same alloy of chalk and toothpaste that Petita uses to make up the lights on her face <laughs> she then says they attach them to you with the same double-sided tape as pink shadora and her double personality now, I want to ask you about this because I've had a couple of guests on where I've tried, we've tried to decipher the meaning of double-sided tape to reference being two-faced. Um, is that a, just a translation thing or is there something deeper when it means double-sided I tape? Because it's like the facelift. Gotcha. So like when you take off its tape, like it's really your face, but then you use that double-sided tape to just give you that snatched look to pretend like right. you're someone. That's how I see it. As. I can go with that theory i like that i'm here for it 
She also loves the beautiful squares and parks of Legolas, where you can find a 50-year-old junkie who looks like they're going to steal your day-old sanitary pad. But then they put on a wig, and it's Vanya Vanilla. Okay, that was mean. She was not happy about that one. Mm-mm. Now, Chuchi recommends the Canary Islands because everything stays in the family there. She says it's like when you eat Kelly Roller's ass and find out what Visa had for breakfast last Thursday. Vile. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm prudish, but like that for me was like, okay, that maybe is a step too far. Yeah. And I don't think Pisa was a whole like that on the season. I don't think so either. I mean, I think they all wanted her, but absolutely. She's one of the three trades of the season. Yes. Uh, what do they have the best in the Canary Islands? Expressions. What do they call spoiled people who think they are above the rest? Brat. But Bessia picks it up and says, here, they call them Petita. Mm-hmm. They're digging, digging in. Everything seems like there's what a lot do of they dig- call- okay. There's yeah, a lot of dig- towards Visa and Petita, like the whole, even other people's acts. Literally. Now, what do they call people with a face harder than pavement roads? Visa? No. Pink Shadora. Double whammy for her. She's just getting everything. Now, yeah. whether it's Legales or Canary Islands, if you're looking for wide open spaces with a capacity for over 2,000 people, we can all vacation to Chanel Anorex's asshole. <laughs> I mean, I'll visit. I think the concept here was very cute, but the execution and the structure left a bit to be desired. I think rather than doing two monologues, had it been them bouncing off of one another the way they were later in the act, it would have been the strongest and it would have allowed the pacing to be a lot swifter because fast for comedy, because the jokes were there. I think the structure is what held them back slightly. Yeah. There has to be a volley that gives it a nice flow. Yeah. All right. Clover is back and she says she better go to Extremadura for the summer. She says the next duo, they have Chanel Anorex, who was called the villain of the season until Paloma Spain arrived and put her in her place. And then they have Hornella Gongora and ask Supreme to do her favor. If Hornella Gongora wins the season, they have to change the trip to Malta for one to Turkey. Um, so she, she just called her a turkey. I guess. I was, I didn't, I was like, why? I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah I didn't get it. All right. We're going to see Chanel and Hornella dress as little girls. Um, promising topic. We're going somewhere. And they are writing a letter to the wise men as they have been very good. They may not be a perfect family, but they are closer than the Ferrala sisters. I didn't get the reference. Um, I don't know. I don't think they're talking about the real Carmen Ferrala. I mean, the Ferrala, like the drag sisters. I think it's the real family. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. They're going to ask for their lesbian aunts, the Javis, to return to their origins. One to Fisca or Clinica, and the other to Black and White. Uh, what is the black and white reference? Do we know? No, there's things that went over my head with this because that was very probably colloquial. Yeah. For Aunt Anna Locke and get her the ticket she's been asking for, which is the, the little snaps, the fingers. Her guest, Aunt Anna Soriano, and Chanel's corrected that it's Eva Soriano, and both of them are like, who is she? Easy joke. We've seen um, queens do that joke many times with guest judges. Um, now if you went, okay, when you are on some iteration of drag race one day, um, and there is a guest judge that you don't know, are you going to be that person who is like all happy smiles clapping? Oh my God, I love them. Or are you going to be like, I don't know who they are. 
baby, I am looking for TV time. You need to know who this face is. So you best believe I will start crying and say, oh my God, I can't believe it. Yeah, that's how it works. For mom, Vanya, they're going to ask for a restraining order for Chomino Power. That's how she'll stop telling cock jokes. Again, I didn't get the reference. For Daddy Visa, they are going to ask for a new face because the two faces he's used during the contest didn't do much good. Okay, interesting. I didn't see Visa being two-faced. I didn't either. Like there were lots of episodes you didn't see Visa. Like the literally the first three episodes, like who? Yeah. For Tata Clover, they are going to ask for a new set of suction cups as she has worn two and surely needs more. And for Grandma Supreme, they are going to ask for a pair of legs because they don't think she has any. That was the joke. That's the joke you wasted on Supreme. A joke that is only good for RuPaul. Right. It was cringe. It was cute. The concept was funny. The execution was meh. Yeah. The next duo Clover introduces are two that define themselves as very filthy girls, though she'd rather define them as her Uncle Carlos with a wig at New Year's Eve dinner and Batunetta Barbie. It's Vanya and Kelly. Now, the skit will start with Kelly being late, even though she's the fastest to make guys come. And we knew with that joke where this was going. Mm-hmm. Kelly rolls in and tells her she fucked a guy. This was different as he taught her something she didn't know. A hamster blowjob. What's that? It consists of putting the dick in first and then the balls. What? I don't know if I was referring to... I don't know. Like, how you know how hamsters have the little thingy with the water? Uh-huh. And they, like, deep throw the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then Kelly tells Vanya that he had a very small dick but big round balls and she looked like a kitten playing with them. I just don't think it's my kind of humor. I mean, I like dirty humor, but this, I don't know. There's something about sex and animal imagery that just don't pair well for me. True. <laughs> Kelly tells Vanya, uh, Vanya shares that she loves square cocks, ones that are as wide as they are long, and she imagines an eight by eight, and I'm like, hard pass. It, oh, nobody needs that much. No, but it's the dick. It says when you get inserted, you get a facelift. They're really diving into the sexual humor, aren't they? Yeah. They will talk about their first time to Sandoval. And when they were waiting in line and do this walk of shame, they were treated at the office by the doctor. Who must they must known from Vox who asked if they had any risky relationships. Their answer. Sure, honey. Why do you think we're here? Have, have have you ever been to the clinic and seen somebody you recognized or knew? No. So you haven't had an awkward interaction be like, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me? I haven't either, but... I haven't, no. Um, do you remember, I guess it was last year uh, when the monkeypox vaccine was out and basically it was the who's who's of sluts? Oh, I mean, I would see that at the line to get the vaccine, yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. That, yes. Like, it was fine because everyone's trying, everyone was there to be safe. And, but it was really because 
when it first started, it was like, you have to have had this much sex with this many people to get qualified for the vaccine. So it was basically admitting, yes, my name is blank and I am a slut. Yeah, but also it was so hard, even if you are a pro slut, it was so hard to get a, an appointment. It was. It was. Wow, can't believe that was a year ago already. Girl, now we're back to sucking and fucking. There it is. Kelly talks about the music at the clinic and they start singing about a hairdresser and fart and milk out. And I'm like, I'm, I don't, I'm lost. I don't know what it was. Um, they ended by saying they have to be careful of STDs and no, not being stabbed to death, sexually transmitted diseases. The advice is if the dick tastes like curd, don't give it a blowjob. And if it's dick drips, it's gonorrhea, but they say be informed and prepared. Now everyone seems to be cackling and it had a good message as a punchline. Was it hilarious? No. No. I was not living. What did I miss? I don't know, because I'm like, how? How, Mary? How? And it all goes, the last thing we saw when Kelly Roller left this competition was Supreme Deluxe crying, so more conspiracies coming from me. Clover says it was powerful testimonial as they seem like experienced girls. They have seen more penises than our urologist. Okay, funny, funny joke. She hopes their next guest picture hasn't caught the Macarena's hunger for the spotlight. The two are going to enter fighting for center stages. Pinchador is looking like a barbecue, taking the first line, introducing herself, and the Macarena moving her arm and saying, she's not Pinchadora, she's the talented drag, the Macarena. And the digs begin. Pinchador says they could argue that she's not talented but experienced. It's the third time she's been there. And the Macarena says, speaking of threes, how does it feel to be a photocopy of a photocopy? Which leads Pinchadora calling, uh, the Macarena calling Pinchadora a secretary. Um, and then she responds, there is Trixie Mattel, who is a billionaire with an iconic makeup. Then there is Arancha Castilla-La Mancha, who has a makeup palette named after her at a bank account. And then there is her, who knows what a makeup palette is and says it's a shame she doesn't know what beard corrector is. Now, obviously, we have had comparisons from Arancha and Trixie. It was a whole thing when she first came out. Um, Pink Shadora to either of the two of them? I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't see it at all. That was a stretch. Very much. Um, she says that her face is so gray, it looks like Kelly Roller's knees on a Saturday morning. Easy joke. Mm-hmm. Now, Pink Shadora slams back, telling her that there is a medium tone self tanner, medium or mediocre, like Chanel's time on the show. Okay, that was a little, little harsh, a little harsh. They get into a bit about things they are surprised by, like the Macarena being able to talk with everything she has in her, to Pink Shadora being called for the show, given the little time she's been doing drag, calling her more burnt than Samantha Valentine's liver. Now it's jokes about being stretched more than Maria's girdle, Kelly's asshole, that and being more seen than Bonnie at a sauna or the hobbies at a sauna. And the only good joke was Pink Shadora saying that they have to leave before she asked them to play Monica Naranjo to get the Macarena to leave since she was eliminated twice by her songs. Yeah. The humor dug deep and the way they did it was not in jest. It was just mean. Nothing landed. Oh yeah. When you're mean in a roast situation, it's gotta be at least a character, but this just felt like they just had things to say. And we're not even at that last group. You gotta caress them before you slap them. 
like literally give me give me just pretend it's going one way and then all of a sudden you take a hard right exactly and it's almost one of those things where if you distaste if you don't like someone maybe you shouldn't work with them to make jokes that you actually believe yeah (laughs) yeah believe me as someone who's been the punching bag for someone at a roast that i wasn't even supposed to be joked about it hurts it can hurt very deep oh no bueno no bueno don't worry i have the video i'll send it to people one day Mm-hmm. All right. Whoever comes back on stage saying it was so tense and asks, hasn't Pink Shador realized that she's older because when she was young, the saunas were called Roman baths. This bitch was good. She, she even knew what a Roman bath was. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time she went to a sauna, she saw the last two people you'd meet in a place like that. Visa, because if you go with your boyfriend, she'll snatch him from you. And Batita, who's so passive, the only thing hard, the only hard thing on her she can stick is her finger. Now, our final set has them walking in arm in arm with Visa literally wearing Petita's dress. Um, and I'm also going to say it. She looked, the, her paint, she looked like Zavaleta. Uh, I didn't like the look at all. I don't think she looked like Zavaleta. Um, maybe she, I think Zavaleta has had a similar wig to that once before. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Um, but. Like OG Zavaleta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I just didn't care for the look. I'm like, why would you wear that? Like, I think she was leaning into this Petita thing, and she's like, I'm going to let you take charge, but I'm going to destroy you in the process. I mean, I think, I hope so. I just, for me, I'm like, listen, I'm all for sabotage, but listen, I still got to look good. Like, yeah, like at least my mug got to be right. Petita is there looking for love, and Visa is looking for her Spanish papers. But he will ask Visa for dating advice, to which she says the first thing she should do with the charisma she has is go to Pride, where she'll meet many men. Happy Pride, Frida. Happy Pride. But um, but um, gay things, do crimes. We're allowed to, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about colors because Pride has many colors, like orange, like the beauty concealer she stole from Hornella. Visa says there's green as Paloma put Chanel the other day. But Tita says yellow, what Macarena gets every time she returns to Drag Race. And I was like, okay, I don't get the jokes. But the most important advice is being clear. As Visa tells her to stop being a lying bitch because last time she said she hadn't helped her with her look, and she did. And then we have this, quote, acting moment where Petita says that's not in the script and Visa is trying to sabotage her and say if they stick to the plan she won't tell everyone what she did behind her boyfriend's back and only and not only with Chuchi and Visa comes back and says if she brings it up she should she couldn't care less about her fucking show and Visa will end it with the most important thing about finding love is having an authentic personality but if it's like Petita's better change it so things got very personal but it didn't come across as acting or funny it was just uncomfortable yeah what happened? I, uh, well, here's the thing. I think it was trying to do one of those things where, like, anything you could do, I could do better. But um, it didn't land, one, two. And I think, frankly, Visa knew that this is not going to work out. She's like, I want you to burn. Like, I want I want to see this go burning in flames. I think so, And too. we're just, like, going along with it. Now Clover closes the night with a face that gets them all to laugh as they all feel the same way she does. She says it's nice when they compared their companions with colors, but they missed one, their future after this challenge, pitch black. Look at her. She was always on. 
Clover and will end with a piece of advice she got from a friend. If she wants to stay, she says she's a cis woman and show her pussy. And that's what she's going to do. She'll stick to the floor because no one can kick her out. Cue that split. Wow. I wish I could split. I could split my ends. My split ends. I can do that. There's a split. <laughs> um, interesting challenge. We've had many different comeback challenges in Drag Race history. I'm not going to say this was one of the better ones. No, it wasn't. Mm-mm. These girls deserve better. Yeah. Category is Wig Palooza. In honor of the runway, we are going to play Wig Tastic or Wig Loose. Also, I know you and I have talked about it, but I wish the Eliminated Queens got to walk in their looks. Why didn't they? Like, shouldn't part of their comeback be the runway? Like, winning a challenge is fine, but, like, give me the runway to prove that they deserve to come back, too. I agree. I was like, wait a minute. What about the other girls? So strange. Yeah. All right, let's start with Pink Shadora. Look by David Rodriguez. Hair by Wigs by Shashade. I think this is a big wig, but there's nothing on this look that is making me know that the wig was the feature. The wig looks like it was about to fall over. The smoke effect didn't really read. I think the red velvet cat suit is cute, but everything about this is decently crafted. But for this category about wigs, I need more. Also, is it just me or did it feel, did it feel like it was like kind of going forward? It was, she was going to fall. It was about to fall yeah. over. It was weird. Yeah. Choices. Ambrosi says there was no chemistry and they didn't have rhythm. He says the jokes were nonsense and felt so uncomfortable that he stopped listening and writing. He says he knows they're both funny, but anyone can have a bad night. He says to consider today's level of taste. Ava says she thinks there was a bad proposal from the beginning of the character and says there wasn't enough comedy. She says there is a barrier when a joke isn't built, and if a joke is not built, it's offensive. She says it was violent at times because it wasn't very clear where the joke was going. Calvo says nothing offends him, but he didn't find it funny. And Anna says the devil of joy of love is very pretty, well executed with a very beautiful silhouette and has very interesting point of romanticism and extravagance. Good for you, Anna. Uh, it's wigless. Not good. Yeah, no wigless for me. Audience, they're kinder. 65% wigtastic, 35% wig loose. Petita, look by Danielle. I am utterly shocked that this is what she did. This was such a cop out for this category. Again, nothing is wrong with the look. It's beautiful. The color story is divine. But for a wig runway, I need something that is like new and refreshing. My focus was more on that dress than the hair, and that kind of defeated the category. Yeah, also, I think I'm kind of tired. Like, I'm they Brida has gorgeous hair, like, don't get me wrong, but come, give me the Draguna fantasy. Like, I just I wasn't gagged. Like, no, what would you do for this category? I would come out like, what did I do for this hair? I would do like maybe like a whole, like a very campy gorilla look. Mm-hmm. So That's it's like cool. Oh, sexy. Mm-hmm. Ambrosi says the characters need to be built. Jokes have to be built. He says if they don't come from anywhere, then it doesn't make sense. Ava says to her, there was a point to her roast and there was a moment when she pretended to be angry, but she had such an aggressive tone all the time. She thought the pretend was real. Anna says there was an incredible silence. Nobody laughed. She says there was something violent that wasn't pleasant at all. She says she likes the look a lot because she balances all her looks very well. She says all that hair had to do with a huge dress too. She says it's very nice how she put everything on orange and pink. 
And again, Anna, good for you. It's a wig loose. It didn't fit the category. Did not. Audience liked it though. 78% wig tastic, 22% wig loose. Bestia look by Brias, Brias Garcia Martinez. Face mac by Jorge Escalante. Wig by Quindom Wigs. Bat by Nook Nook Studio. Uh, despite her tripping and getting bloody, this is how you do this category. It all worked. She's got this stunning color palette. Everything is accessorized in the hair, from the bat to the jacket to the boot covers. I really love how innovative she is and how much not only she stays in her own lane, but makes it work for Drag Race. But be careful with that wig, though. You can poke someone's eye out. I liked it. I think Milk wants this whole outfit. I can see Milk wearing mm-hmm. this for sure from head to toe. Yeah, it was really, really fun. I love the colors. The color combination was everything. Calvo says they had an idea that worked. It wasn't the best of all, but there was an idea as there was a concept they could follow. Eva says the characters they portrayed were believable. She says they were at a point where everything they said went very well. Anna says there was a learned thing that they can see in her looks as it's always her and she enjoys that it comes out naturally. She calls this wonderful camp extravaganza and she sold it incredibly. She will note the blood on the knee and says that it she did on the catwalk was different and defended it well. Uh, I will give it a wigtastic. Wigtastic for me too. Audience, 95% wigtastic, 5% wig loose. Um, what what do you think she hit that made her knee bust that bad? Was that I thought that was a thing, a gimmick. Was it? Like a, I, thought, I thought I don't know. I thought she was. Oh my god! I don't know. Understand why? I really thought she was just a gimmick. So it was like the Lady Camden thing. I thought that's what. I, I don't know. I, I was wondering I why. Know. Go DM her. Ask her. Ask her what what happened. Yeah. Let me let me call Visa. I'm like, give me the yeah. Tea. Call Visa. Uh, Vania yeah. Venia, look by Fabio Dutra. Christina Aguilera in the house. Uh, this is the most youthful she's looked all season. I think it's not the most innovative of ideas, but she made the wig and the hair on the corset the story. I do like the styling of the corset with the heart bust. It works. Um, I do love the corset and the detailing. I just the wig could have been bigger. Well, brush out those 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 uh curls because that yeah. would have given them like, a lot more volume and then i would have gotten an actual christina yeah ambrosi says this challenge is important because you can bring many things home but not this one he says that going out on stage and selling it you can only do it with talent practice and good taste he liked the way they added the musical numbers and dance and found it informative ava loved std the musical she feels like catching syphilis in a bathroom she says she loved the. They were all well coordinated and didn't know how they'd done it before. She liked the show they created. And Anna says the look is another look that the construction takes her to hot couture. What she wanted was to highlight on the suit is being well built and with all the time to elaborate the craft around her body, perfectly executed. It's little fingers. Uh, it's a wig tastic. It's. It was the medium. Because I want that corset. I just did. If it's supposed to be about the wig, the wig was not wigging for me. No. Mm-mm. The audience, 64% wig tastic, 36% wig loose. Hornada Gangora, look by Matea Sanodi, hair by Alphonse Gore. Uh, she made the wig the focus, and that's why this was a knockout. That hair is like antlers. I don't, I didn't really need the pussy hair moment, but it did pair well with the wig, and it did amplify the category. This was a, the, the, this was a very sexy look, not going to lie. Yeah, I don't know what it is about 
I don't know. Something about I, I, the Merkin was unnecessary. So unnecessary. Maybe if the hair was like bl- like black with like maybe some some streaks that would tie it more in. I don't know. It feels disconnected to me. That's fair. Eva says they started with a smart idea and it was good for them. She says, if you play with the contrast of saying something stupid and then blushing because you're children, it was in a good place. She says she started off well with good jokes, but halfway started to lose air. She says she liked that she was called Irma Soriano. Ambrosi says that you have to admit that she should go, but that he should go back to black and white. And Anna says she was looking forward to seeing a good hair structure and says this was awesome. It's wigtastic for me. Um, as much as I don't like her, it's wigtastic. Audience, 84% wigtastic, 16% wig loose. Cloverbish, look by Hillary and Ecstasis wig liquid. I love that she is playing with gender in this whimsical look. I want that jacket so badly. That purple latex is sexy. Um, I think what works about this is how fun it is and how much fun she was having. Sure, the wig on her head is wild and crazy, but the addition of the goatee sold this look and achieved a moment of storytelling and statement. This was a major success in my book. I agree. It was my favorite look of the night, to be honest with you. It was so cool. Yeah. Calvo says it was a big surprise for him because that what seemed like a disadvantage of being alone was turned into her advantage. He says she knew how to take advantage of what her mates said on stage and pick it up. He says she's been improvising, which is much appreciated. He says she was funny and surprising how comfortable she was and says she was one of the best with the perfect mix between preparation and improvisation, nice and edgy, tough and affectionate. Anna says that the look is very contemporary use of ruffles. She says the headdress reminds her a bit of Lady Gaga and this beautiful moving structure and the way it shines. She thinks it's beautiful and awesome. And Ambrosi says she was really great. Wigtastic. Wigtastic. Audience agrees. 86% wigtastic, 14% wig loose. And Paquita. Look by Lucas. Okay. So this must be a fashion reference. As we had a queen on Drag Race Varia do this for their entrance look, and it still looks gross to me. It looks like a shower drain in dress form. There's nothing appealing about this to me. Um, and the clear heels, massive boot. Boot, boot, boot. boot Is it a fashion that. reference? No, it's it's a I don't think if it is, and it's not fashion. <laughs> I agree. Um, so you're not gonna wear this anytime soon. No, unless, <laughs> unless I decide to wear my human wig to the shower and I'm combing it up. <laughs> the hairs that fall out are all over my body. No. <laughs> Anna says she took this category to a very different place and it's interesting. She says it might be better executed, but there is a story behind and she appreciates that. Ambrosi says that the challenge there was a surreal moment of this child being born. It caught his attention, but later being on the details, he says he needed more rhythm, flow, and fun. Calvo says the problem is he spent the whole show trying to understand what it was about, so he got disconnected. Eva says that when they weren't ready for this humor, she says five years from now, it will be an amazing piece of humor, but thinks they are playing at a level where they were not prepared for. Uh, the look, no bueno, wig loose. Wig loose. Audience, 42% wigtastic, 58% wig loose. Interesting. We had no critiques this week from Supreme. She had nothing to say. You're right. I don't know. Just saying. 
All right. The Queens are back in Untucked Jr. together once again, all 13. Now, some of the Queens are surprised by the critiques. Chuchi will say that while some of it was aggressive, but she didn't think anyone was too violent. The Macarena will reveal that she didn't have that much to give this week. So she was checked out and just was there because she had contractual obligations, I suppose. She apologizes to Pink Shador because she didn't think she helped her and rather hindered her. But she tells us that she thinks Pink Shador has done well in the competition and doesn't deserve to be hit so hard. Now, obviously, knowing what the results are going to be, um, Pink Sedora probably had one of the stronger track records moving into this episode. Um, anyone else with Petite in the bottom, you think she probably would have been saved? If anyone else what? was in the bottom instead of Petita? Um, I don't, well... I think that the, the people that were at the bottom were the rightful people, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know if you would have switched the lineup. It would have, it could have possibly changed the outcome. Interesting. It's really interesting to see how track record works in some situations. And sometimes you're like, track record? No, it's just this challenge. Yeah. Visa says in Mexico, she is very funny. What's going on here? Is there a big difference between humor in Mexico and then what Spanish humor is? Certain things are lost in translation. I will say that. Um, in Mexico, there's a sense of like sometimes uh, uh, double entendre and like um, like wit that's used. And even just in the way that things are said, um, that's not the same in other countries. Fair enough. Visa will say that she felt some tension at the beginning when she picked Petita, but she made herself available and even wore a Petita dress. Cut to Petita saying that working with Visa has clearly harmed her. Visa was amused by her jokes, and maybe that should have been a red flag of danger. Petita says it can happen when things don't work out, but still thought it was pretty good. She didn't do the best she could. She has been professional, so it is what it is. Cut to Visa and confessional saying, Petita... reaped what she sowed she says time to see if she is a lipstick assassin that she says she is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now with Paquita it's all the same to her she wants to be there as they are at the gates of the finale but she can't torture herself sometimes things go well sometimes they don't she just wants to enjoy the moment she's letting things slide and then Clover gets a round of applause and is happy to finally hear positive critiques especially in a challenge they thought she'd do bad at and that's it. That's all we're, we're going to hear in this entire segment. Um, and again, I said it earlier. Kelly, completely invisible this episode. Yep. And she comes back. Yeah. I listen. Are we I just was, wrapping up other storylines? Is that what we did here? Right. I wish I wish Cloverbish would have won this yeah. this uh challenge because i think that would have changed the outcome of who gets to be brought back and absolutely I would so the results are in the winner of the challenge is vanya which means she wins cash money kelly roller is back in the competition maria chuchi chanel the macarena and visa visa are officially eliminated clover Honella, betsy are safe leaving paquita pink Shador, and petita as the bottom three um yeah i think you and i same opinion clover was robbed and uh, as oh. much as I joked about it earlier, I, I do think she would have picked Visa um, mm-hmm. to come back. And I don't think that's what the show wanted. 
So they were not going to take that calculated risk. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> I think there might have been based on edits earlier this season. If she did get to pick, she might have picked Kelly because she did have some sort of affinity with her. Um, in my opinion, Visa was the best of the of the eliminated queens. She had the best package. She just didn't get any flowers for them at all, at all this season. And I'm sorry, but the her with her being eliminated that last episode, that outfit was a was a great concept and idea. I don't think she could have been in. And again, I think the reason why they put her in the bottom was because of the rules of what that challenge was supposed to have and the. Um, uh, uh, reveals in three and ones. It was supposed to literally be three attached looks, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I would have. There were some looks that were tired on there that I was just pissed about. Like with the, the one that tried to do the four seasons. I'm like, come on, go look. Google Jadison's Hall and All Stars. Literally, that's how you do it. Literally, yeah. I feel like one of one of my questions to be is if she ever would have come on the podcast, it would be, what were you told? as your prompt for three and one that you went in that direction to have a reveal as opposed to what they wanted to be attached. Cause we know yeah. sometimes they change things up. Yeah. Yep. Very true. All right. The song is no controles by Ole Ole. Have you heard the song before? Yes, but I know uh, the version saying uh, by uh, Flans in Mexico. So it's, uh, it's the same era, so I'm guessing like they had a thriving pop group in Mexico do a cover of it. So mm-hmm. of course, it did you perform it ever? I think I've done a, a drag roulette with it. Nice. No. So it's obviously got this '80s vibe that's perfect to play off in the world of camp. And yet, you have three queens performing three very different iterations of this track. Girl was chaos. Hmm. Pink Shadora doing the robot. Losing strategy. Paquita giving emotions and rolling on the ground to a song that didn't match that energy. Losing strategy. Mm-hmm. And then you have Petita with her three wins. There was zero chance in hell they were eliminating her. I know. Which is not happening. She still did not say this lip sync. It was just no, like, she didn't. One? I was like, who was the, wor- the least worst out of all three? It was a very underwhelming performance because there was just no fight in any of them. I feel like they all were emotionally drained by just everything that happened in the day that this lip sync was going to be emotional because two people were going to leave. Um, I do think Pink Shadora getting rid of her wig was a risky one, but the fact that she did have her hair glittered, she knew what she was doing. So I think I have to give her credit there. Because let's be honest, we mentioned it when we talked about her look. The the wig was falling off. Yeah, I just would do the whole glitter. Like it was just like she was just just the baptized top. glitter right here. <laughs> yeah. Um. In the end, Petita is saved as Pink Shador and Paquita are eliminated together. Do you agree? I wish it would have been all three, but I guess I suppose I agree in the sense of the lip sync. Yes, and I guess one had to survive, but it is what it is. I will say the way that they both left was very sweet. They knew this moment was coming and they know it's a moment they're going to share together. So they each gave each other the moment to speak and be silly. Um, Will we see them again? Who's to say? Wouldn't it be a gag to have them both return together in the future? Yeah, I did like how they were singing and the song was very appropriate too. Yeah. All right. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Let's do it. 
What are Paquita and Pink Shador's legacies? Uh, Paquita's legacy is going to be uh, her human unit. <laughs> or like her hair, human hair, not her human unit. Um, she's going to wear it. And then uh, Pinchadora, uh, hers is going to be I'm the small town old bitch that is still pumping. Yeah. Um, they were both really good entertainment. I, I really did think the two of them, until this episode, had endgame possibilities. So I guess that's a testament to what this season's brought us is that there is no clear front winner despite the fact that there is who won the week who had the best episode not necessarily the winner but who won the week clover bitch clover absolutely clover the best fucking episode um i I don't know yeah go ahead oh um i just from the beginning when i saw the promo i thought paquita was gonna bring it harder i did so I thought there was a constant struggle of like proving herself. And I thought she was going to be a front runner the whole time. At this point, I don't know how Clover walks into that workroom every day being like, I feel positive I can win this show because they're just not seeing what they clearly want out of her yet. She's delivering. We're seeing it. Um, but, and again, maybe it's better to be a Rob goddess at the end. Yeah. Like it's Angela. <laughs> After seven episodes, the winner of the season is. The what? Who's oh, the winner of the season? Under, I'm still gonna listen. I still want Cloverbridge in the top. I, I'm still pulling for her. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say the winners probably likely don't want it to be, especially now. And like this attitude, but it's probably gonna be Petita, simply because again, she's got three wins. Who are the other two that have three wins? Sharon no. and um. Oh yeah, sure. Carmen. Uh, the writing's on the wall. The only other person I could see sneaking in, but again, another person I don't think they're giving them the respect is Bessia. You think? Um, I don't think they they're just not well, giving her respect, though. True, true. I just like that's the thing that I don't understand is how do you eliminate her because she's not never really been bottom worthy. Um, and then you have Hornella, who I just don't want to win, and Vania doesn't have the winning drive. Now Kelly no. is here. Like, I I don't know. That's what's weird about the end game here is I don't know how this ends without a Petita win. Unless she bombs again. I hope she does bomb. We'll find out. All right. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? And I'm sure you got a very busy pride. I do. Okay, so you can find me on uh, any social media platform under Frida Kulo. That's spelled F-R-E-E-D-A-K-U-L-O, but she ain't for free, so you better tip the girl. And my Venmo is send me pesos. Don't worry about the conversion rate. I take yours all as in yens. Um, you can find me every Saturday and Sunday at Queen in Astoria, a hosting brunch. And then I started DJing Saturday nights at Queen for Fiesta Latina. And um, I think you're going to be hearing this first. I am uh, announcing that uh, this month will be my last month at Icon on Wednesdays. Um, oh, so no. I think it's time. I know, I know. It's, and it has a special place in my heart. Um, but listen, I'm, uh, there's just a lot on my plate. And sometimes when uh, 
you know, you want things to work out and it's causing you to like, uh, I guess fill up the glass a lot more than you're used to. It's and it's causing a lot more work than than what you're reaping. Then it's just like, okay, time to let's 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 end on a high note and then go somewhere else. That's fair. That's fair. And listen, sleep is important. You deserve it. Uh, yes, thousand percent. That's why I have all these dark circles. <laughs> I have dark circles because I'm old, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> well, it is always a pleasure to have you, and I am. so so excited to have you come back for the finale of Draggers Mexico when we get it. It's, it's going to be a good season. I can tell those promos. Oh, yeah. so oh good. So good. And such a great cast too. Well, we will have a lot to talk about. Thank you for being here. All right. Take care. Bye. Kisses from Kulo.